What's up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of the Peak Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Shrowski. It's my co-host, Ty. Yeah. Ty, how you doing, brother? Good. Hanging in there, man. Yeah. Hanging yeah. In there. Uh, good time. Heading into the new year. All, yeah. All, all the, at, the good change. At the point of, of filming us, we are, we are getting ready to be in the new year. Yes. Um, so, uh, man, um, let's see. On our last episode, we talked about fad diets. Yes. Yes. Got into a good conversation there mm. uh, with bad guys and just all things that that entails, but that was a good one. Good one yeah. If you haven't checked that one out. Yeah. Uh, but what we got today, Adam? Man. Got today? Uh, so, so today one on this episode, um, we're introducing something new. Um, you and I both like to read. Yeah. Um, so we thought it was a good, would be a good idea to just kind of, you know, talk about, you know, at the beginning of some episodes, like talk about books that we're reading Absolutely. or that we have read or whatever, not really like give you the synopsis of the book, sure. but you know, just be like, Hey, yeah, this is what I'm reading. This is what it's about, cool. you know? Um, because one, we are really big on the whole education aspect. Absolutely. You being in the college setting, me just being, you know, a coach, like loving to learn. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's things that people want or wanting to read or interested on, sure. then they can kind of, you know, check out some of the books. Yeah. Then we're going to be putting them on, on like an Amazon page and stuff that people can then check out. I like um, bounce some bounce some ideas off. Um, you, know, mm -hmm. you never know you can get whenever you uh, read books, right? It yeah. may open up a new passage for something worth training mm -hmm. or ideas. So. Sure. And, you know, me personally, like I'm not a big reader. I loved, I like to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the whole reading for fun thing, like is not my, my whole thing. People read fiction books. I'm yeah. like, eh, I know people I'll go read like 20, 30 books in a uh, year. And yeah. Like, well, and, and I'm good with that, but I want to, I want to learn. I want like, that's my entertainment. Like learning education is my entertainment, hmm. not like reading a book, that, a fiction book. Like I'm not I have a big enough imagination in my own head. Sure. I don't need, sure. need yeah. something else yeah. adding to it. You sure. know what I'm saying? I've never read any like Harry Potter books. No, 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 never, like never. But I haven't no. read Harry Potter, but I've mm. read a few things. Nothing like that. Yeah. I mean, I tried to do some like back when I was a little and my parents made me read like, yeah. you know, yeah. it was like some Star Wars books or something like that. Sure. But yeah, like, no, I was or... always resist. I was always resistant. Yeah. I was horrible at spelling. I was slow sure. reader. Even right now, dude, like when I read, I'm still reading out loud to myself. Yeah. I put a little classical music on, mm -hmm. close the door. Got to slow your mind mm -hmm. down as much mm -hmm. as possible and actually try to yeah. focus on the reading. Yeah. That, that's, that can be hard. Yeah. I haven't read for fun in a, in a long time. I think mm -hmm. college took the fun out of reading. Yeah. Me. Uh, uh, still read, obviously. Still mm -hmm. read all the textbooks. But at this point, it feels like work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily feel like uh, just leisure. Fun. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, to me, reading, like, I have to have a... I, for me, everything I do has to have some sort of rationale behind it. it. Has to be like there has to be something like why is this important? Not like if I want to veg out and like watch some like like go through a story, mm -hmm. I'll go watch TV. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. I'm more likely like in the office, like you know, working, mm -hmm. reading, you know, doing something. Sure. You know, field that you're mm -hmm. in. Uh, we're in uh it's active field yes right? so most of the time it's hands-on stuff right you're going to be doing stuff with mm. clients talking to clients basically mm. so uh, a lot of your time you're going to be on the move on the mm. go doing things on the fly so you're not really going to have that <laughs> big time to sit down yeah. and, and just uh flip through a few chapters mm. but have you read anything got anything going right now? so right now i'm reading the the book it's a molecule of more 
molecule of more. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's essentially about dopamine and um, the premise of it's just basically like dope. One, people misunderstand what dopamine is. Mm -hmm. We think dopamine is like this reward chemical and stuff. It's not. It's sure. the chemical of like happy chemical, right? That's the general. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it plays a really crucial role in randomization. So, you know, and the, the easiest way to explain it is one of the studies that they talk about is, you know, when they give mice food every five minutes, the mice get dopamine when the food hits, food hits, food hits, and then they stop getting dopamine after a certain period of time okay. because it's, it, they are counting on it. Whenever they randomly drop the food pellet in every so often, the mice never stop getting dopamine because it's random chance. Oh, so, fair. so it's, it's, it's almost like dopamine is the thing that would make us go search for food, mm. you know, berries or whatever. We didn't know if we were going to find an animal or find berries or whatever. So when we did, we would get this dopamine. Yeah. So it was a random is random chance randomization. That so it's it exciting. Mm -hmm. It makes that chemical be released. This is why social media though, mm. Like, cause you never know what's going to show up on your timeline. You never know what's going to show up on your feed, yeah. but also the casinos. Cause the, the slot, the slot machines are all randomization. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so you don't get anything. You don't get, you don't know when you're going to win. You just Absolutely. know that you're going to get something. If you so keep going, when it happens, exactly. Like, holy crap. And so, so if you think about that type of stuff, like that's what dopamine plays, plays a role in our lives. Yeah not the actual just reward aspect of it. So we could almost think of it as, you know, the thing that helps us create habits whenever we're not sure of the end outcome. Sure. So leaving it as like that exciting. So um, almost, I guess, how would you do that in a, in a workout setting almost? Like, so you say that in the book, what they mentioned in one of those studies mm -hmm. were that um, after creating like those habits after a while, that that dopamine is no longer released. Mm -hmm. So how do you still get that? A happy reward feeling that that rain well but that's the thing is so it's not really a reward it's not really a reward chemical right. mm -hmm. it's the randomness it's the excitement of of you know something that you're wanting to happen almost due to random chance sure right so if you think about that and you know it's like let's look at exercise mm -hmm. like if you want to think about the people that you always see trying to hit their one new rep on one rep max they're not programming they're just constantly always lifting heavy yeah. and they're trying to get a little bit more weight yeah because now it's like oh no i felt really weak today no i felt really weak today. oh no i felt strong today i hit you know i got an extra five pounds sure so those so those people could be chasing that yeah. dopamine response sure. versus the people that are actually training on a specific block Absolutely. And be like, okay, this is what I'm shooting for a one rep max. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if they're doing an eight week block or 16, you know, whatever their training right, block right. looks There's like, progression, you know, know when they're progressing and then they're specifically trying to hit one RMs on a certain time frame, mm -hmm. they're going to go have the dopamine response to someone that's just randomly always trying to hit those one rep maxes. Sure. Yeah. You know, looking for that instant gratification. Mm, exactly. Which is instant gratification, mm -hmm. especially in the, in the, world that we are in mm. the health and wellness world um it's kind of a dangerous thing to get into so if you uh, become obsessed with that that feeling or yeah. kind of almost chasing that that high mm. feeling right is um whether it's hey i every time i work out i'm gonna add five pounds yeah it's not realistic but no if you're something yeah i was like not realistic <laughs> at all if that's the case you'd be listening to talk and someone right? yeah and that's why someone was like well can't i just add like two and a half pounds each, yeah. each, each time i work i'm like well let's, let's extrapolate that let's mm -hmm. let's calculate that for the entire year mm -hmm. 
you know, you do it say once a week, 52 weeks in a year, how much weight is that? How much weight is that in the course of 10 years? And like, oh. It doesn't make sense when you boom. look at it in the bigger picture. And they're like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like you'd be a superman then. Mm -hmm. You'd be a superhero. But the amount of people who say, oh, that's that's what I do. So they're gonna go to the gym. They're like, oh, well last week I lifted 10 pounds. So next week I'm gonna lift mm -hmm. 15 and I'm gonna lift 20. The week after that, I'm like, yeah. You're gonna crash. And, uh, yeah. You're gonna crash. You're gonna plateau. Yeah. You're, then you're gonna lose that feeling, especially once you uh, you you do hit that plateau. Just mm. as, as the yeah. gratification there. Things get things get a little sticky. They get a little mm. boring around that time. Well, I won't say boring. Um, well, I mean, it depends on if if you're only someone that's wanting to lift to get stronger, and the only the only the the thing I see within fitness is people want to continue it continuously see progression yes and what by all means like cool but we see progression when faster when we're new mm -hmm. and then progression slows down yeah the amount of muscle we grow in a in a month in a year slow, slow. the amount of strength we get in a month mm -hmm. when we get in a year the amount of weight we lose based off of how heavy we are when we start and how much fat tissue we have mm -hmm. you know all the things mm -hmm. like the the longer we do it the slower it'll start to go yes the longer you're going to take to get those mm -hmm. adaptations. Exactly. You're going to have to get a little exactly. tricky and, and try different things because your body has mm -hmm. adapted. It's got used to those stimulus mm -hmm. that you've given it. But um, it's... Sorry. No. Uh, but no. Uh, so, yeah, it's whenever you do hit that plateau, it's it can be it can be rough. Mm -hmm. It, it, it well, if you're not used to it, if you're not ready yeah. for it, if you don't know, if you're not expecting it, or if you're someone that's only chasing that that newest high weight or the next number, the next low weight or the next whatever. Chances are you may quit whenever yeah, that, like, that stops mm -hmm. coming in, whenever you start seeing those new beginnings mm -hmm. or, or yeah, whenever, or if you're losing weight, right? At first, maybe it's gonna, it's gonna happen rapidly, mm -hmm. right? Cause you have a long way, you have a little bit more uh, that you can do there. So let's say you lost, you know, you're down 20 pounds. Well, things might start to slow down once you really start getting to mm -hmm. a normal quote unquote weight, right? Mm -hmm. So things are going to slow down. That weight's going to start coming off a lot slower. Right? Yep. And that you see a lot of people like, quit right there. Of course. Cause they're like, Oh, well, why am I doing this? I'm not getting any progress yeah. anymore. It's like, Oh, this must be where I must like, where I'm supposed to be at. Like this must mm. be my natural. I'm like, well, no, you, you can still keep going. Yeah. Right. Um, but you do see a lot of quit. Well, yeah. I mean, but, the amount of effort it takes to get a little bit more than is greater. Mm. Like it takes more effort. Like, yeah, you know what? You might be able to be hungry for, you know, more hungry than you were. You might have to, right. you know, lift more weight. You know, you might have to do, you know, take more weeks of training sure. to get this, you know, get to get that, you know, five pound increase or whatever. Yeah. Like even though, yeah, I was like, as annoying mm -hmm. as it is, that five pounds, like, yeah. yeah, at the beginning, five pounds is like, you may be able to make that jump pretty quick. Yeah. Right? But yeah, I was like, there gets to a point where, Two and a half pounds is like, dude. Mm -hmm. We finally got it, right? That's why. That's why they go down. That's it. why they go down to kilos and they yeah. have like 0.5 kilo Absolutely. plates. Things start to get real specific, mm -hmm. and those start to become a reward. Mm -hmm. It's not as big of a jump yeah. as as at, at the beginning, mm -hmm. but uh, so I think it's kind of like in that case is falling in love with the process, and yeah. understanding like you're still trying to get somewhere. Um, but not falling in love with just the results. Mm. Uh, you fall in love with the results. They slow down. Mm. They slow down quick. Well, that was that was one thing. You know, you brought that up. The pro like follow the process, mm -hmm. and that's you know people are wanting to always shoot for the goals, but the, they're driven by the goals, which you know people think they should be. No, you should you should be pursuing the process. The process, not yeah. necessarily the goal of 
the end outcome because like what because what happens when you hit that then you're yeah. done yeah then you'll never be satisfied and right and then oh. it's like well well let's say yeah let's say i want to lose 10 pounds mm-hmm. and then you lose 10 pounds and then well they would have needed to i'm done i'm mm-hmm. not gonna work out anymore it's like well well the process should have been to get healthier mm-hmm. which is the point of losing the 10 pounds so if you stop right at 10 it's why'd you even begin yeah all right all right because now you're going to take back steps well yeah you go back and now you're in this constant tug of war okay i get a little bit of results then i quit then i get mm. a little results then i quit right so falling in love with the process is a lot easier and it helps you with the peaks and valleys right well, of course so like um you know uh, there's going to be days it's not you don't feel so strong you don't mm. can't lift that much weight right it, it keeps those days where still positive outlook mm. on those days it's like maybe i wasn't able to lift the weight that i well, mm. did last week or the mm. day before or the last time I did the bench press or whatever you know yeah. the case may be, um, kind of keeps your 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 mm. mindset a little bit more level headed mm. uh, through all of that. Yeah, well, and you know, and you're one hundred percent right because I mean, like I see this within my coaching clients or whatever. Like my my coaching clients, we always focus on process goals versus progress goals. It's like, yeah, you know what? We want to get you down this percentage body fat or this much weight or whatever. Mm. It's like, but what do, what are the things that we have to do on a daily basis Mm. that move us in that direction? Absolutely. You execute those and you're winning. If you don't, you know, if you're, if you're super focused on the the end goal, but you don't see the number moving yet, or it was moving, then you kind of stalled, you know, but you're not getting your sleep in or you're not getting your nutrition in or you're not, you know, getting whatever, mm-hmm. then those are the things we need to come back to. Like, so it's not, so as long as we're, if, you know, people are creating their list of things that they have to do, like their goals for the day, it's like, get my steps in, get my lift in, get my nutrition sure. in, get my sleep in, mm-hmm. you know, downregulate, you know, That's do these three or four things for myself every single day mm-hmm. and I'll get where I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it might take some time sometimes because, you know, when we go so very simplistic, yeah. sometimes it's a, it's a little bit longer route, but it's also now more of a healthy route. And it's mm-hmm. also now more of a sustainable route. Yeah. Instead of the fast thing that's very old, let me cut calories under like 1200 calories or whatever. And then that's mm-hmm. the instant gratification. You're looking for that mm-hmm. quick release of, yeah, this feels good. must mm-hmm. be right. And then I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. And no, that's a good point as far as uh, keeping it processed. Yep. Um, keeping it process driven through it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, are you are you reading any books right now, or uh, looking into getting to some behavioral change books as, yep. as we talk about yep. behavioral change? Because um, there's always different strategies that you know can work for everybody, but it's kind of it's written by a few different authors mm-hmm. actually. But it's an old principle. It's a book mm-hmm. called Kaizen. It's like an old mm-hmm. behavioral change. Apparently, it's basically this set of rules that. And it's oh, Japanese is the mm. origin of it. Okay. But like there's American authors. Everyone has kind of their own interpretation of this, these core set of principles. Uh, but these principles, yeah, they just help you with the, they're supposed to help you with your daily life. Mm. Basically old, old mm. proverbs, if you will, okay. Japanese. But haven't got into it yet, but mm. we're looking into it. Um, generally, what I saw, it seemed pretty interesting. And yeah. so just see if there's any other strategies out there that may work mm. uh, for me, for anybody else, you know, because the end goal is still just creating those little changes throughout mm. the day that gets you to the yeah. end goal or, you know, the, mm. the overall, goal, which is just being healthy. Well, yeah. Longevity. I mean, right. you know, I mean, even I think, you know, I talk, talk about longevity. I think, <laughs> right. I think everyone, I, I believe everyone's goals should be in the long run should be longevity. Yes. Yes. There's going to be those few people that are, 
say crossfitters or you know um mm -hmm. bodybuilders or sure. you know powerlifters or strong men that are the the, the peak echelon of their yeah of their um sports mm -hmm. and they they much rather win mm -hmm. than be have the longevity aspect longevity. like look at ronnie coleman or yeah. you know something like that right there were some sacrifices that were made mm -hmm. in order to get to that peak yes like, don't get me wrong extreme levels amazing peak levels but uh whenever you push your body to any kind of other mm -hmm. extreme levels there's always going to be some kind of negative drawback yeah so mm -hmm. uh whatever the sport mm -hmm. so um even oh um sorry to interrupt no, you're, but you're, it reminds me of the like because we talked about peak level yeah um olympian athletes once they win golds mm -hmm. they fall in depression Oh, because they don't have oh, yeah. they don't have the next goal. They don't have the because now their end goal mm -hmm. of becoming this gold like award winning ath Olympian athlete is done. I it is done. There's no more. There's not. There's the next. Yeah. Not the next level. Right. So that type of stuff back to the whole achieving your goals yeah. and not actually falling in love with necessarily the process itself. Mm -hmm. Like, or you know, you need to have some sort of a next goal to help further the process. Yeah. And you mentioned Olympian mm -hmm. athletes, but I think you kind of see that in all athletes oh, yeah. that you mentioned, it, mm -hmm. right? Is once people stop competing or once they get out of mm -hmm. their sport, maybe they decide, hey, I've done everything that I can to uh, to win this sport, right? A lot of times you see them drop off as far as mm -hmm. health goal because they don't have that specific, you know, that goal, whether it's to be strong mm -hmm. man, to win, yeah. you know, I want to win in, the, in a relay race, mm -hmm. in the Olympics, whatever the, it may be. Uh, that when that that goal isn't there anymore they drop off so mm -hmm. the goal should the end process should be longevity yeah i'd say right is to create a strong healthy lifestyle so you can hang out with your family late mm -hmm. into your 60s you can still go out and you know hang out with grandkids if you have family or you know yeah still move mm -hmm. as you get older right i think that's the biggest benefit of all of it yeah right yeah but since we were talking about Olympians and CrossFitters and mm -hmm. um, Olympians as far as bodybuilding and mm -hmm. actual Olympics, mm -hmm. um, powerlifting, you know, so, so you know, our, our agenda today after the first 15 minutes of this has been talking about books and stuff. Yeah. yeah. We're actually talking about uh, cross training today. Yeah. Cross training is so, awesome. Yeah. Um, you can, cross training is very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um with that itself, it's, I think it's very beneficial. A lot of times you see some of those great athletes. A lot of people think they're great athletes. That means that they can go to all these other sports. They probably became a great athlete by doing mm. these other sports, right? Mm. So you'll look at um, just right off the top of my head, I'm thinking of some known athletes, right? Household names, right? right. Uh, you, you have currently Stephen Curry. He can, he can mm. play golf. He's pretty, I'm assuming he's pretty decent at golf. You had uh, No, it's Golf, really? Yeah. Well, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just kidding. For all you golf lovers, yes, yes golf is one hundred percent a sport. Yeah, by all means, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm not good at golf. I, but, uh, I, I think it's a good, I think it's a skill set that you definitely have to become good at. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I tell people I slice and playing golf. I slice so well, they should put me in the deli. I like that. Because... Yeah, I like. I was like, I tried to hit. I, I've been to a few driving ranges, and mm. man, uh, that's one sport. Just never that in tennis. They they never really connect yeah. very well with me. Uh, maybe ping pong, but tennis is just. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't haven't had the right uh, t uh, teacher yet. Yeah, so not too good at that. But no, you see a lot of these mm -hmm. athletes out there. Uh, even Patrick Mahomes, uh, right? Great baseball player as well. You saw that with Russell Wilson as well. Mm -hmm. uh, great baseball player. So uh, I would argue that you know you become a better athlete. You get uh, more um, adaptations whenever mm -hmm. you do cross train. 
So, so yes, <clears throat> I mean, I agree. I think there are certain people mm-hmm. that are nat- naturally give gifted, whether it's, Oh, absolutely. You know, um, genetics, mm-hmm. whether, you know, we've talked before as far as, you know, how does a kid learn to walk? Sure. Well, they learn to walk as a baby, but then over time they start paying attention to their parents' behavior patterns and they start picking up and changing their behavior patterns, say their walking gait, mm. how their like external internal rotation of hips, whatever, yeah. to match their parents. Mm. So some of it could be behavioral, like actual nurtured behavioral changes that have happened over time or not happened. So maybe their parents had better strides or, you know, were just more functional, say throughout their daily life. So then all of a sudden these people are, yes. In themselves. And Mm. if you start, and if you can learn that at an early age or something, they would develop a little bit quicker. You're going, well, you're going to strengthen tissues. So, you know, if you're, you know, so say, you know, and I've talked again, anecdotal information mm-hmm. talked to multiple personal training clients and you know people that were there like oh i have flat feet it's like well no you, you just collapse your arches yes okay well let me ask you this how do your parents walk right. oh my gosh my dad walks the same way yeah right yeah so who do you think you learned that from right not necessarily what you, you know learned it from mm-hmm. watching it whatever yeah. the case but well i mean you know so a lot of these people that have you know flat feet Mm -hmm. they've either one have weak ankles and they've twisted their ankles and that's how it felt best to walk over time yes split somewhere and or they their parents walk both or one of their parents walked a certain way and they slowly adapted that just by watching not necessarily by being like oh that's how i should walk Mm -hmm. but by just seeing it happen yeah you You know naturally kind of grew into mm -hmm. that role or you know, uh, that motor skill mm-hmm. development, you, you saw it from just her, by seeing you know, it, just by watching. Mm-hmm. It, so. And so, so when we talk about great athletes and stuff like this, is that a thing that is involved within that, within their, like their cultivation of, of an individual of how they are right now? I, I think in, <clears throat> in some cases, yes, absolutely. I would say so. Um, right. A lot of the, a lot of the star athletes that you hear mm-hmm. about today, a lot of their parents, uh, may have been uh, at some level uh, mm. uh, an athlete. So they picked up those habits, mm-hmm. you know? Like, well, it's not even necessarily that they were an athlete, though. Mm. Maybe they just had good functionality. Sure. Maybe they just moved well. Yeah. You know, and then they encouraged them to get into athletics or basketball or whatever. And because they moved well, the kid picked up behavior patterns or didn't pick up bad behavior patterns from their parents. Mm. Then all of a sudden, they can actually utilize their entire foot and jump higher and they become better. So now they get better coaching because now they're, you know, the star that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, like, and so it's, it does, I think some of it does can become more situational. Yeah. Like, but you also see it in, and, and I absolutely agree with mm. uh, where you're getting at with that, but I believe you also see it in people who may not have had those, those visual aids as mm. far as parenting goes. Correct. I, I don't know a hundred percent, but, LeBron James, I don't mm. believe that his father was in his life. I'm not a huge. Mm. I know he's you know larger than mm. life at this time, but I'm not. I'm not too caught up on his history. But it, from my understanding, I believe that he had mm. had a father, but he was able to play football. Yeah, right. And was a well, pretty solid football player. Mm. And was able to translate some of that athleticism is obviously to the basketball yeah. court, which is where he's succeeding now. Um, 
maybe he didn't see that, but I would argue like learning, uh, sorry, learning, uh, some of that. Ellie. <laughs> I was like, uh, what is going on? You stop. Uh, learning, uh, some of those motor skills from football has helped translate into his, his basketball career. I mean, the, the man's 38 years old and it's moving very athletically right now, which is pretty unheard of. Right. Down. Not as far as being old and being an athlete. I mean, Tom Brady was old and was mm-hmm. quote unquote old for an athlete, yeah. not old mm-hmm. individual, but uh, old for an athlete, like those guys, um, and they were still able to play, but the physicality that he's able to bring is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, he said his not him not necessarily having his father in his life, but I mean, that doesn't mean that his, his mom, mom yeah, or maybe his, his aunts and uncles were around. I don't like I don't know his history. Still had either, so he still had people he could have looked at. Yeah. Could have. I'm not saying this yeah, is. I'm, a, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't know his. You know, I don't but know I mean, I, this, and this is just theoretical. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah. You know, like I just, they didn't mm-hmm. have a parent. Like maybe they still probably had some someone uh, a, role, a role model. Exactly, they're going to have someone yeah. that they're lo- watching. You know, move throughout their day to day lives. Yeah, not and not necessarily like that, but that might not even be the thing that made them who they are. Right. Maybe they, maybe it's genetics. Maybe yeah. it's not. Maybe it's coaching. Of, maybe it's yeah. not. I, like I'm not saying. I'm just saying that this is a possibility. It suggest it. Mm-hmm. it could suggest it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was like. Carson could suggest that it mm-hmm. may have made him a basketball player. There could be a lot of other things yeah. that all also helped him mm. become, you know, who he is or yeah. whatever the athletes may be. Uh, there's a lot of other things mm. that, that could be in place, but I argue that cross training has a, it, it plays a significant oh, you know, um, have you ever done any, like not necessarily just sport specific, but mm. even in your weightlifting, trying to recruit different um, motor units, right? So mm. that's one of the biggest things that we're chasing in the gym mm. right? with resistance training is how can we recruit more motor units, mm. right? How can we get stronger? How can we move better functionally? Well, there's some some evidence that you know cycling, like if you train legs, say, and you know in the morning or early afternoon, and then go for a bicycle ride, mm-hmm. you know, go cycling, you know, three or four hours later, you know, pumping more blood in those like helps increase recovery. Oh, obviously, sure. obviously helps with you know mm-hmm. tissue growth and things yes. like that. Yes. So you know, and you're also using you know more of the slow twitch muscle fibers for that sure you know but more you know it depends on how fast how hard you're pedaling and how long you're going if you're doing any type of cycling sprints or non-cycling sprints if you're just doing like long distance yeah. or longer depending on what you mean by long distance right you can go cycle 10 miles is that really considered long distance depends i mean on the person yeah i mean i would argue i cycle i mean i used I, when i first when i got into fitness i was cycling you know every few days um, I would go for like 40, 50 mile bike rides. Cycling's awesome. Like cycling is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. You know, I mean, but for me it's about trying to find out, figure out how fast, like get as fast as I could possibly go. Oh, sure. Oh, get <laughs> over the 10 miles, like as fast as you could. No, just oh, see if I could, if I can get up to like 20 miles an hour oh, or whatever. Like power. Athlete. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah you like, know, like I always wanted to pedal as fast as I could all the time. Oh, okay. Like, so I would, yeah. I mean, yeah, there was, I was like, and I'm sure like, whether you know you can attribute that or not but i'm sure that has helped like mm-hmm. translate as far as whenever yeah maybe you're trying to get a stronger squad at that time or mm-hmm. whatever it may be i'm sure it translated pretty well um i was like an example i have is uh one of my buddies introduced me or a few of my buddies introduced me to rock climbing mm-hmm. right oh yeah i think it was tough oh, dude. yeah i was like oh i was like climbing a rock i could climb a tree right no rock climbing mm-hmm. is a different beast in this oh yeah the amount of grip strength and mm-hmm. just, uh, that you need for that is 
unreal. But I used that whenever I was trying to get like a better deadlift. Right? Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. right. Obviously, like you want to have a strong grip. Yep. Yeah. You can use straps and, you know, to assist with that. But, but high grip. Right. So that's not a strong grip. Yeah. It's, it's a not grip. a strong grip. Right. It's... You're getting through the movement. So you're overloading, you know, your posterior chain. But mm -hmm. you're, you're, you know, you're not training your hands. So yeah. I'd argue that's a great way. So, you know, you bring up the straps and that's, this is really interesting. So, you know, I'm a big person. Like, I don't think that a lot, they I'm indifferent on straps. I don't think a lot of people should be using straps, especially if you're trying to become a healthier individual for longevity yeah. for lifestyle purposes. Yeah. If you're trying to say you do strongman that allows straps, or if you're trying to use, do bodybuilding, the problem with it is with body in bodybuilding, muscular development. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was a prime example. I was doing, I propped a bench up against another bench, had a slight, like a 15 degree incline, maybe 10 degree. And I was doing, you know, prone, um, um, redoubt raises. Like, so I was like, essentially come up this oh, way. Yeah. Like why? Hey, like lay down. Tees, but why? Kind yes. Of. Okay. Yes. Okay. Like why raises, yeah. but into uh, more in the redoubt. Sure. And as soon as I changed my grip from like a false grip, just holding it with my fingertips and actually grip the dumbbell, my left just like right under my my left yeah. shoulder blade started cramping. Really? Like the yeah. the rep after switching, like Absolutely. the first rep. Yeah. And it was like I could still go like a hook grip to like a full mm, on from an actual. Yeah. So you're closing the kinetic chain when you actually grip. You're keeping Every the kinetic chain down. open whenever you're creating a fault when you have a false grip. Mm -hmm. So like that changes the tension of all tissues of activation below all below the wrist and yep. everything like that. And so like, I think there's a time and place, but same situation within like any type of reps, you're changing the way your body's activating. Yeah. You're, so you're keeping an open connect chain. I won't call it open. I know sure. other people might not call it open. Absolutely. Um, you know, but I, mean, just, yeah. I think because you're squeezing, you're closing it. Yeah because the connect chain is extending from your toes all the way through your fingertips. I'd agree. Um, I, I think a lot of people immediately go for straps because they hear that they can assist you. Same thing, like if I was doing deadlifts at like mm. a lighter weight, lighter for me, it was subjective for everybody. Yeah. But if I was doing deadlifts at a lighter weight, right, straps really don't have a place there. I, yeah. That'd be a perfect mm. time for me to be training my grip, right? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of people skip right to it. They're mm. like, hey, I want to lift heavier weights. So let me put on the straps, all mm. the bells, all the assistance, all mm. the braces. Well, teach your body how to brace it. So, and even. then, yeah, I was like, if I've... you want to get to that strong man, whatever mm. that category, sure. At the end, you know, at your absolute maximum, yeah, sure. Maybe use some straps or mm. use, you know, do your bracing and all the things, the assistance. Mm. But at those lower levels, working up to that top set, all that yep. stuff. Yeah. You should be full on training the grip. Mm. Don't just immediately run for the strap or, yeah. or you know, uh, whatever the brace, not a even squat fan. I'm not a fan of, of belts either. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, they have their place in certain situations. Their place. I think a lot of people overuse them and they're not able to brace properly. They're not using, you're good. not engaging your core. Mm -hmm. you're, maybe your breathing techniques, not really there. That's why you're using, you know, helping them with a, a brace. I do believe that again, they are, they can assist, right. Mm -hmm. But the fact that, you're skipping steps in training in order just just using them. Mm. You jump right into it. You're you're losing out on a lot. Well, I think people you think that it's going to help them save their back. You do hear that a lot. It the belts are more proprioceptive than anything else. Yeah, that's honestly. it. 
Yeah. It's teaching you to, br to brace outward against it. Yes, it does kind of create an external rib cage, blah, blah, blah. Increased pressure in the thoracic abdomen, all this. Like, but it's just yeah. like, you can do, you can learn to do that yourself and mm. control your own abdominal control, like yeah. muscle. Like yes. your obliques, you, everything, your lumbar spine, like yep. is it all is the this is the thing that should be bracing. Yes. People just want to push their stomach out into it and think that that's it. It's like you should be expanding in all forwards, you know, right. anterior, posterior, laterally. You don't know how to brace it, but yet mm -hmm. you're throwing a brace you're on. Th and it's mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, and when you say it's proprioceptive, absolutely. Same thing if like so I don't care if I'm training, you know, my chest and not mm -hmm. have a guy sitting here, you know, touching my chest mm -hmm. to help with that. Mind. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, you know, you're, it's just skipping steps. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. But uh, not like I said, not saying they're not, especially powerlifting, whatever the specific mm -hmm. competition is, but you would be stronger training your grip or whatever yeah. the muscle group is. I mean, even like squats, if you're mm -hmm. immediately like you're warming up and you immediately have like your knee sleeves on yeah, but I think, you know, very rarely will you see in powerlifting that they will use wraps because they have to, like, in, in meets, you, you you have to mm -hmm. use, you can't use wraps. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Strong men, they'll use a lot more wraps and stuff Absolutely. like I think. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're pulling semi. Yeah. And, yeah I, mean, I was like, use whatever you need whenever. Mm -hmm. But that, again, that goes in. They probably, at the lower level, they, they've been training their grip, mm -hmm. right? They don't just walk into the gym and immediately uh, start grabbing all this assistance. I mean, yeah. losing out on on a lot of a lot of things that can be benefit to you. Mm -hmm. or just, you know, recruiting those motor units or mm -hmm. even the bracing, right? They're like, oh, let's throw on a belt because it's mm -hmm. going to help my back. No, learning how to brace your, yeah. your, you know, against that spine is all you're mm -hmm. doing. Learning how to brace your spine. Yeah. Uh, Basalva maneuver, like the breathing technique, mm -hmm. like all these things, like you could, there's you can learn how to do it without the strap and yeah. then whenever you get to that top set whenever you're really trying to uh find that though add those extra five ten pounds at your at your heaviest weight sure mm. then you can do it well even with that though i mean you could cluster the set that instead mm -hmm. break it down into smaller portions of the of like give your you know hit two reps Mm. take a 10 second 15 20 second break sure. try to hit another two reps like mm. let your grip kind of regain yes. a little bit yes so then you're training your grip even at that strength mm. or at that weight it you know it's going to be dependent on what that is and how hard it is and you know there's some people that will say block pull mm. you know from a higher oh, block okay. for the lockout and they're going to use wraps for that because now they're trying to like lift a ton more weight than what they right. would normally deadlift mm -hmm. okay cool sure like you know so it's always situational it has that. its place i'm mm -hmm. not saying it absolutely one percent uh and just your i'm saying don't forget Mm -hmm. absolutely what we're, what we're saying is yeah. like don't forget to uh train your body mm -hmm. don't don't just train how to how to use a brace how to use mm -hmm. leaves how to use all the assistance well as i say i mean when in the long run mm -hmm. you know we can see this through multiple aspects of life mm -hmm. when is assistance made us a better version of ourselves right right like actually using oh, something that's helped that absolutely that aids us yeah like it, the difficulty, it's a crutch in a way. The adversity mm -hmm. is what we overcome, mm -hmm. and that's what makes us a better so version. From the, so we're the we're avoiding it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you could say that, say a wrap, say off of block, off of pulling off blocks, you know, increases adversity because you're actually able to lift heavier than what you were before. Blah blah blah. Okay, cool. Sure, but. You know, there's a reason you're trying to avoid wraps more. Like, if the person's constantly avoiding the wraps mm -hmm. and they're not using strategic, them using strategically, mm -hmm. 
There's a reason why, because you're trying to you're trying to get the maximum maximum weight lifted. We could say than an ego. Ego lifting, not mm-hmm. training for is, if if you're not training for like a strong man or something that allows you to train with reps, right? Because then you're trying to be competitive, mm-hmm. and so that's why you know context always matters. Yes, within yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say they they have their place. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say, but absolutely, a general person. Yeah, I think I came across some influence. I don't couldn't tell you his name. I just scrolling and something popped up, and he was like, everyone should be using uh, straps on their back days so they can mm-hmm. create this hook grip. I was like, well. Mm-hmm. Again, specific. Again, specific uh, for for each individual. But Absolutely. At the same time, I was like, you're missing out on some motor unit recruitment mm-hmm. there uh, by you're training miss- your grip, right? Um, they're like, oh, always go hook grip. And I was like, well, what if you didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What kind of activation would you have in, in that case? So, mm-hmm. Don't you, a perfect example of what you're saying. Yeah, just don't don't go away from it. Uh, just because the straps make it easier, yeah. felt make it easier. Mm. Uh, there's a reason it's hard. Uh, so let it be hard, mm. and then go over that hump, and mm. then, uh, you'll you'll probably find a lot of results that way. Yeah, I just don't think that people train the mu- train the muscle that they're currently trying to train mm. the same way with a with straps yeah. or like versa grips or anything that they do if they had the actual grip itself. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would argue that because there's a good chance there's a weakness that there that you're avoiding mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Yep. And again, don't run from the weakness. I was like, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta go through it. Yeah. If if you want to get stronger, you gotta go mm-hmm. through it. Otherwise, you're gonna get to the top set and whenever you plateau, it's like, where do I go from mm-hmm. here? Well, go back and train your grip, yeah. your grip, and see if that number doesn't jump mm-hmm. up or or whatever that you know. Yep. Train your weakness that you were avoiding, uh, and and see how how you progress from there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean back to the whole cross training aspect you know if we're looking at different things to help with development like you know say swimming say the butterfly is going to be great mm. for a lot development yeah right yeah. it's going to help make you wider you yeah. know like more powerful through a lap movement yeah be, you know and so you know utilizing the cross training aspects yeah. like biking even running for you. you know if you know a little running yeah um, yeah you know, sprints, sprints more than long distance. Like yeah. not that I'm kind of talking down on our long distance runners, but it's hard to get into. I'm with you. It's hard to get into that. And it's a, well, I just don't think it's as, as beneficial. Mm, I mean, yeah, like for muscular development, for longevity purposes and stuff like that, like it's good for cardiovascular, but how long, how, how long is the maximum thing? Do I think people need to be running do I think that people that run marathons are the epitome of health? No. One, Do I th- yeah. think that they're strong in their own capacity? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. They're very specific. Mm-hmm. Same thing with whatever it may be, strongman or or, or bodybuilder mm-hmm. or whatever. It's on the extreme scale mm-hmm. of health, right? Whether yeah. you're extreme uh, endurance or mm-hmm. extreme power or whatever. You're on the extreme scale, more than likely whenever you're training that extreme, you're leaving, mm-hmm. you know, as far as longevity goes, you have some weaknesses mm. in other areas. It's, it's I've known, very... I've known quite a few people that that run marathons pretty religiously, mm. and not you know not trying to like make anyone feel bad, but they tend to be a little bit more on that skinny, atrophied muscle and leg looking aspect, like because they aren't resistance training to help right. promote and grow muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. And they are a little bit more on the, you know, kind of, we'll say skinny fat type thing. Cause it's, it's very stress inducing to be running that long and doing that stuff. Right. And so then they're going, you know, sustained increase in cortisol is going to help keep 
a little bit more of that stomach area intact as far as adipose tissues, that softness. Mm-hmm. And then so they're, they don't look, you just tell if someone that like does run, that is like a long distance runner, if they're, especially if they're not doing any type of resistance training yeah and to probably to compete they are they probably mm-hmm. aren't right they're going mm-hmm. to stick in their sport specific but then mm-hmm. longevity wise well if you look but if you look at a lot of marathon training programs i mean they're they're like you know five you know five six seven days a week yeah different oh, different yeah. types of tempos and shit Absolutely. like that and so they that's their that's their workout yeah yeah that's their workout mm-hmm. not oh i need to do this i need to go res- i need to go Resistance train three or four days a week, and then do I need to do this in addition to, you know, whatever. Right. But because now then all of a sudden now that instead of taking and running, you know, doing sprints yeah. or whatever, they're now having to go and do you know resistance train, and now they're adding three hours of mm-hmm. two hours, three hours to their training, mm-hmm. versus only one and a half, one to two. Yeah, and whenever. And especially whenever that competition ends, whatever they're training for, whether you're training for that bodybuilding competition mm. and that marathon running, powerlifting, whatever it may be, they're going to have to go back. And if they want to, you know, they may have some ailments because of that, mm. you know, because of how specific they were in their training. So they may have to go back and mm. now they got to go redo cardio if they, you know, or maybe they have to go in and do resistance training if all you did was endurance mm. in order to kind of balance out your lifestyle yeah. for longevity. Mm. Right? So you're not yeah. eating all over or mm-hmm. soar all over the place. So if you don't have that balance, at some point you're gonna have to go back yeah. and- Wait, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. At some point you're gonna have to go back and uh, and, and kind of fix those 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 things that you were kind of uh, mm-hmm. neglecting for a while. Wait, did you say balance? Balance. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> balance in life. Man, what? balance, yeah. screw balance, go all Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, don't live balanced lifestyle. Well, wait, yeah. Yeah. Now we've talked about balance plenty, like, yeah. and the entire concept of hustle culture. And, you know, we've talked about that in the past. Yeah. And a flat few episodes back, like hustle culture and like balance and how people are like, oh, screw balance, go all in or yeah. whatever. It's like, well, if balance you enjoy it, uh, okay. it's like, no, yeah, okay. no. Like if you enjoy what you're doing though, you have, you're finding balance. Absolutely. Like if you're enjoying it, if you're happy and things like that, and you don't have balance if you, if you don't. Mm. Granted, you might be sacrificing other things, which is fine. It's gonna like, happen. but I mean that's part of balance. Sacrifice is part yeah. of balance. Absolutely. Like we can't, you know, we can't be hundred percent in on something and not sacrifice other things. Yeah. But as long as you're enjoying it and it's resonating and it's in line with who you are as an individual, then you're balanced. You're in a good spot in life. Like that's, that's the thing. I think in your training mm-hmm. in life, your business, whatever that. Maybe. But you know, I think burnout comes from ba- imbalanced. Yes. And if yeah. people aren't burning out, then they're then they're balanced. Yes, I was going to say. Yeah, if you feel burnt out all the time, uh, that's sprinkling some change. That's where. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but spring, mm-hmm. go, go bowling. I, I'll go bowling a few times if I feel yeah. a little burnt out. Like, hey, let me go bowl. So, who do you think is like what sport? If you could, if you had to choose one, do you think is like the most athletic? Oh, that's that's tough when you say athletic. Uh, I don't like athleticism, man. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you're you're never gonna be able to make somebody happy with the answer. Uh, I would argue. I already soccer has a place, man. Yeah. 
endurance speed, change of direction, athleticism. Because mm-hmm. athleticism isn't just one thing. It's not just power. Mm-hmm. It's not just speed. It's mm-hmm. not, so I think they have a pretty healthy mix mm-hmm. of uh, a little bit of speed, skill set, running, jumping. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it. I think I saw a video. Someone said it was, I don't know. It was some bull rider, him and uh, that Sean Strickland guy, the MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. The, the bull rider was like, uh, he's like, bull riders are the most athletic athletes in the world. And I was like, okay. I don't necessarily agree, but I, I don't do bull riding, so I'm not going to step on any toes there, but I'd say soccer, man. Yeah. If I, if I had to bet, I'd say soccer. Okay. Let's go. How about you? I'd say CrossFit as much as I'm not CrossFit, a CrossFit yeah. lover. Yeah. Like, you do a lot. Or, or, or the offshoots of from CrossFit. Yeah. Like, Some um, of it can be a little dangerous when not done correctly, um, Well, but, but there's, there's a lot of benefit with all the 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 variation that they have. I was say, I mean, but they, I mean, they have running, they have swimming, yeah. like they have all they the different all things, carrying heavy objects, like yeah. you know, picking up heavy things, putting them down, mm-hmm. like yeah, no. I mean, I think, I mean, I think CrossFit overall is probably the most athletic sport. Like, and I'm talking about well rounded, obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying like you know, obviously, like football has its own athleticism, yeah, I'm not things like that. Toes, obviously, but, you can have an argument with a lot, a few different sports. Well, but I mean, if you think about as being the most athletic, you're looking at the most well rounded. Yes. Like that's it. Endurance, strength, mm-hmm. speed, yes. Capacity I, to do pretty, like all, yeah. like a little bit of everything, yeah. as much of everything as CrossFit possible. It was one of those 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 sports. Is if if you engage in that, I'd argue yeah, you're pretty athletic mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah, you know if you can go through those, if you can compete in CrossFit. If you're if you're one of the top competitors or something like that, you're, mm-hmm. you're pretty athletic. I, I give you that. Especially you got strong too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Because some of them are putting up like yeah. a ton of weight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, huge compound movements and all that, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, that's why I said it, it can mm-hmm. go wrong. Cause you have that much movement. Anytime you have that much movement and that much weight, just well, your chances of going mm-hmm. wrong is higher. Uh, well, of course. Any, well, it's, it's just, well, that's, but that's where, you know, that's where I don't think the CrossFit's for everyone. Right. Like there's plenty of people that I think do CrossFit that shouldn't be doing CrossFit. Yeah. Um, you know, there's yeah. plenty of, you know, females that, Get in CrossFit, thinking they're gonna lose weight and not really lose weight, right? Because they just pushes them further into some hormonal dysregulation. Absolutely, some people that have joint issues that shouldn't be doing new you know, yeah. or being do be doing modified versions. Which I do have to applaud CrossFit or the gyms that are like stemmed from CrossFit. A lot they've done a lot better with injury prevention. You know, I know there's a lot of them that will do like beginner classes. They'll make new people could do these beginner classes no matter what. Mm. Like even if they come from other gyms, that's like no, you're doing it our way. Mm-hmm. So I do applaud a lot of that, trying to decrease the potential for injury. Mm-hmm. But the ain't I mean, what's I don't remember what the statistic is, but anytime you put weight over your head, you're increasing potential for injury by like fifty percent yeah. or seventy five percent or something like that. Even perfect form, mm-hmm. something can, something can happen. Mm-hmm. Even in professionals, doesn't matter. Something yeah. can happen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and you can put it overhead, you know, ten times. Or you can put it overhead one time. Like it doesn't. Like yeah. it's the the chances of injury chances still go increased. up. Yeah, the more often mm-hmm. you do it. You know, mm. you do increase the chances yeah. of injury. So it does have a big uh, injury risk with it. But, mm. um, you know, a lot of people have been very successful. And or even a lot of CrossFitters, they, even though they do go through injuries, they <laughs> they probably got some coach on the side, mm-hmm. some, uh, uh, some, some trainer, some therapist on the side that's helping them with those ailments because it's going to happen. Mm. Right? And that's any sport you're going to have some, well, of course. some injuries. But those injuries, yes, you mm. can 
Yeah, anytime you're doing big Olympic lifts, cleans, anything mm -hmm. with power cleans, anything like that, especially over and over yep. and over again, especially whenever you start to get tired and you're still doing mm -hmm. those big compound lifts, there's a chance that something can happen. There. My complaint is, like as far as injuries, is injuries for the general individual, not the competitor. Sure. I mean, just like everything else, I mean, I train the rugby team, they get injured. Yeah. Like anytime you any anytime you start getting competitive, you increase in potential for Something's injury. Gonna Bottom line. It's, yeah. I was like, like yeah. You know, because you're injury altogether. Well, because you're getting ready, you're getting ready to put your, you're willing to do things with your body mm -hmm. that someone's not competitive or not in a not competitive sport mm -hmm. isn't shouldn't have to do. Right. So if someone's going in CrossFit and there's like, oh, I want to go in for a good workout, yeah, like they can do get a really good workout without doing you know, 30 reps of their, of, you know, of a snatch that, you know, they, that would put them in a greater potential for injury whenever they don't know what they're doing right. as well. When they're not as functional, whenever they're not, not functional, when they're not as um, proficient yes. at, the, at the exercise. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, so I just wanted to drop that question there at the very end. Yeah. So, man, I think we need to cut this off, brother. Yeah. Um, it's been a good one. Man, and oh, as always, man, it's always good talking with you. Always Dude. good, Adam. Yeah. Thanks, Peace out, guys. Thanks.